The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They're not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Playing it straight, huh? That was really very straight. Today on the lab report, we're going to talk to Rachel Gregory, nutrition and fitness expert, social influencer, friend of the show, and awesome human being. And I have a lot of personal questions to ask her about Here keto, exercise. The world of medicine can be challenging. Workouts. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective <laughs> treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. So I came home from Valentine's Day lunch <laughs> and immediately reached for whatever Starburst. candy was in the uh, I knew pantry. Skittles. Skittles. Sweethearts were a oh part of it. Oh, my God. Hello. Hi, Michael Chapman. How are you today? I am great, Patty Devers. How are you today? I am living my best life. Mm. And you've been such a strict keto person for the past, like, I almost know. a year. I know. And all it took was one lunch, and now you're, like, face yeah. first in the Skittles. I mean, I limited it, the damage to that one day, but I did some damage <laughs> that day, I will say. And, man, it's just crazy how, A, candy. I yeah. mean, it is, like, Chemical. such an emotional yes. thing for me. Mm. Uh, and I'm always like, ah, it's gonna be fine. You know what I picture? I picture you like a cat rubbing its face in catnip, like you just sticking your face in the Skittles and just rub around in there. It's worse than that. <laughs> it's worse than that. Like go. I, I'll go and I'll have like a handful, and then I'll uh -huh. put it away. I'll be like, that was fine. And then like five minutes later, I'm like, mm, mm, going back. The worst. And then Here repeat, rinse, rinse, and repeat. Anyway, uh, this is a podcast. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you, Genova. Thank you. Nope, that's not the right one. Let's try the right one here. Yay. Thank you, Genova. Uh, it's where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and the like, various other things we talk about. Lots of different health, wellness-related things. Sure. Um, so, yeah. that's yeah. Th 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 Thank you for being here, Patty. Yeah. You want to go into thank well, yous and stuff? Well, if you're new... If you're new, welcome. And if you're returning, Hi. thanks for all of your support. Mm -hmm. Maybe go do all the likey, subscribey stuff. Smash you know, the buttons. Hit some stars. And what if they have stuff they actually want to tell us, Michael? Yeah, you can send that feedback to podcast at gdx.net. That's our email address. You can also rate, review, do that stuff too online sure. on our platforms. Sure. Just get in touch with us. You know, tell us what you like, what yeah. you don't like. All that stuff. And if you're not a clinician and you want to order our testing directly, you can go through Genova Connect, which is connect.gdx.net. There you can order tests yourself directly, and we can help connect you with a Genova client to help guide your health care. Guide your health care. We're about to guide my health care. Yes, we because, are. Because, like we said, I mean, this is relevant. I've got a lot of questions. I've been doing the keto. I've been doing the exercise stuff. And who do we have? We have our friend, Rachel Gregory, yeah. who, you know, I have a warm place in my heart for some of the, the guests that came on early on in the show before it became a worldwide phenomenon. Right. <laughs> and one of those is Rachel Gregory, and her episode was great. We've rebroadcasted it. we got it. reviews that just said, please stop. <laughs> but we've gotten so much feedback from that one episode that, you know, it's time to it's revisit true. our friend. It's true. The OG. Yeah. Rachel Gregory is fantastic. She's got a wealth of knowledge. She's written research on keto and yep. CrossFit and the yep. effectiveness of it. Um, and she's going to talk to us a lot about that, where she's been, how she's sort of grown and expanded her practice and how to apply keto in maybe a little bit more of a nuanced way. Sure. Um, and overall strength, health, wellness, and mental health as part of it too. So this is going to be awesome. Uh, all relevant stuff for our patients. So call her. Let's do it. 
Patty, we've got Rachel Gregory. Our old friend is back. Pumped, so, okay. I know. All right. Let me tell you about Rachel Gregory. Rachel uh-huh. Gregory is a board-certified nutritionist, strength and conditioning coach, author, podcast host, and founder of MetFlex Life. Rachel received her ba- master's degree in nutrition and exercise physiology from James Madison University and bachelor's degree in sports medicine from the University of Miami Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Rachel completed the first ever human clinical trial looking at the effects of the ketogenic diet in non-elite CrossFit athletes, which is published in the International Journal of Sports and Exercise Medicine, which Super is pretty cool, cool right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel is a former collegiate triathlete and athletic trainer, and she's worked with a variety of individuals throughout her career that include Division One collegiate athletes, WNBA stars, and some of the top bodybuilders in the world. Currently, in her day-to-day coaching business, Rachel guides her clients to becoming the best, most confident versions of themselves. She has a passion for educating those dedicated to optimizing their physical and mental well-being while improving long-term health and fitness goals. And in her group coaching membership, the Flex Fam, love that. Yay. Name, uh, Rachel has helped mm-hmm. women all across the world learn how to ditch the restrictive all-or-nothing mindset and instead thrive through the power of metabolic flexibility. And with that, with that welcome yeah, Rachel Gregory. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. I know. It's been a long time. And actually, last time you were here, I remember Mike and I like going crazy over your ability to name things, like Killing It Keto, Metflex Mm. and Chill, now the Flex Fam. I'm like, it's it's like the best namer ever. But to your point, it's (laughs) been a couple of years. So, so much has happened since we last spoke, right before you did this rebranding. And so, why don't you just fill us in? What's been going on? What are the new and exciting things happening on your website and your programs and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been definitely a lot <laughs> that's yeah. happened over the years yeah. since we've last recorded. Um, I think the last recording was all, we were just do- dove into all things metabolic flexibility, which is definitely still kind of near and dear to my heart. It's definitely something that I think is just like an overall concept that a lot of people need to know more about and understand more about that. Um, but I don't want to obviously go down that rabbit hole too much since we uh, discussed that already. Right. Um, but since then, um, yeah, I started a, the main thing that I've been working on the last, I would say like year or two is, um, kind of starting expanding my coaching business a little bit. So, um, looking to expand into more of like a group coaching, um, atmosphere. So I did mm-hmm. a lot of one-on-one coaching and I still do that, but now I've expanded more to towards group coaching and with, um, specifically with women and women's health, mm-hmm. um, and body composition. So with that, I've just gotten a lot more, um, passionate about helping women specifically and kind of going down that route a little bit more and getting a little bit away from just like focusing solely on keto and metabolic flexibility and more so like the, the easiest way I can say is kind of more like the holistic approach of just looking at everything, right? Understanding Mm -hmm. that the system, like your body works like all, there's so many different things that work together from a physical, mental, psychological, which is, I guess, mental, physiological standpoint, like all of the pieces of the puzzle will all dictate kind of overall results, not just from a body composition standpoint, um, but just everything, right? Right. So that's something that I've become a lot more passionate about is just like looking at the, like taking a step back and looking at everything um, and understanding that and learning myself that like it takes a full, a, a full approach, not just looking at nutrition or training or, you know, even specific nutrition protocols like keto or whatever it may be, but there are a lot more components to it, especially for women. Um, and especially when it comes to changing your body composition, uh, over the long haul and understanding that 
like a lot of the women I work with are very like me type a go, 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 you know, not necessarily potentially focusing on like the recovery side of things and the stress management and all the things that play a crucial role in your ability to get results, but also much more importantly, maintain the results that you're getting, right? Because who cares if you can lose, lose weight and, you know, change your body composition in a period of time, but then you can't, you know, maintain that afterwards. It's just, you'll end up in that cycle that we don't want. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of like a awesome. synopsis of what I've been focusing on the past few years. Um, yeah. since we last awesome. talked. Yeah. Was there a reason, was there something that drove you to kind of to, to go in that direction a little bit more than just kind of focusing on the metabolic flexibility? Was there something that triggered that? I would say that more so just like getting kind of into nerding out more on the uh, training aspect of things. So that's something that I, I've kind of been going into a bit more in terms of like building muscle and actually changing your body composition from that standpoint and how important that is um, with women specifically and like taking a step away from the cardio and the you know, chronically overdoing it and not recovering from what you're trying to do and, and all of that. So that was one aspect that kind of brought me into it. And then just as I've continued to coach, um, over the years, like just learning from my clients mm -hmm. and even myself, like experimenting on myself and things like that. Um, there's just like different kind of avenues that I've gone down that have sparked interest. And so that's kind of what's shifted. It's just, I want to help women, really change, be able to change their body composition. That's kind of like what I, I do. Like I understand, um, and I've done this for a while that I've kind of found sort of like a system and a structure to be able to do that over the long term, um, while still getting more in tune with like internal health and, um, focusing more on the stress management, hormone health, like gut health, all those things. Like those are the kind of different pieces of the puzzle that can be very confusing and overwhelming. And so taking a step back and, and like looking at the whole picture, I think that's just what, there's just so many different routes to go on. So I'm just very excited to like explore those different things. Right. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And even as it relates to, to, to training or coaching women, we talked a little bit about this initially when we first met you about keto and metabolic flexibility and some of the pitfalls that women fall into as it relates and don't get the same results as men. And as you're coaching and as you've evolved over the past two to three years, is there one thing that you specifically can point to that says, this is why it's, it's tougher for women? Do you think it's hormones? Do you think it's stress? Do you, what do you, what do you think that is? So I think it is a combination of those things that you just mentioned. Um, just understanding that women have more sensitive, uh, are more sensitive from a hormonal aspect and from a stress response aspect to certain changes. Um, and that just understanding that in itself is very important because we can't just, you know, say, Oh, like keto's the way and you have to do keto and that's going to fix all your problems or fasting is going to fix all your problems. And, mm -hmm. and all of that, I think there is very kind of like a, a pulsatile way to incorporate these things. And I think with women specifically, it should be that way. It shouldn't be, um, at least from what I've seen in my practice and, and with myself, it's like keto can be a very powerful tool, but staying there forever for most women, um, tends to actually add more stress. Um, mm. especially when it comes to trying to change your body composition and getting to a place where you feel super confident with that, but then also like an internal health place and, and hormones and all of that. Um, 
but I think it's just the overall understanding of trying to, and, and this is, I actually have, a, I have uh, zoom calls every week with my, my members, my group coaching members. And we talked mm-hmm. about this yesterday, right. understanding that like the further you get away from doing things that, you know, you'll be able to sustain for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The harder it's going to be to be able to maintain the results that you're trying to get. Right. So going towards these extremes of, you know, for example, keto is an extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Fasting constantly is an extreme. Um, so finding like a little bit more balance there and being able to kind of pulsate these things during the times that, that you may need them or they can be helpful is, is really important to kind of understand that, but staying there chronically can be disadvantageous for kind of long-term health, long-term sustainability. And so just understanding those things and then also getting into like the training side of things and the the cardio and all those different components, mm-hmm. um, just being educated and understanding like, okay, if I'm going to implement this specific protocol, why am I doing this? How long should I be doing this for? Um, and then with kind of just in general from an overall like long-term perspective, thinking about the long-term in itself and understanding that like this doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And the more and more I work with clients, the more and more I understand, like I, I just see any, and even in myself that this should like, you should go into, if you, if you're really looking to change your body composition, for example, and, and really get healthier, like it should be a minimum of a year process that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's something that we talk about a lot in my group coaching is we plan out two years Like I teach you how to plan the next two years Mm -hmm. and have a roadmap for where you're going, because that is where I believe the magic really is. If you can look at, okay, where do I want to be in two years from now? And how can I reverse engineer that into a structured Mm -hmm. plan to know where I'm going? And, and obviously there's going to be road bumps along the way. And that's why I kind of use the analogy of like, it's a, it's a roadmap and you're, you're on this, this journey and there's going to be detours and there's going to be accidents quote unquote along the way. And you're, you're going to have to change things up. You're going to have to change your route, you know, depending on what happens in life. But as long as you still have like kind of that overall picture of of where you're going and and the steps you need to get there, there's, there's so much power in that because a lot of the women that come to me have just been chronically trying to lose weight. Right. That's right. They've just been diet. They, they go on a diet, they come off, they, go on another diet and it's like, okay, I'm going to go on this diet and just like stay on it until I lose the weight that I want to lose. But there's no end goal. There's no periodization right. is, is the word that we use hmm. to, to understand like that you can't be chronically stressed in your body from a, a dieting standpoint or from an overtraining standpoint, because that in itself will then cause all the internal stuff, right. hormones, gut health, hmm. all of that to take a hit. And then you're just like digging yourself a deeper hole. Um, so yeah, does that, does that make sense? No, Absolutely. That totally makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Okay, and cool. Yeah. It's like, if I'm hearing it correctly, you're sort of, you're moving from that idea of yo-yo dieting to building what is a true lifestyle change. And like, ultimately when we, when we're thinking about functional integrative medicine, we're talking about lifestyle change, mm-hmm. but you're like building the architecture of it. You're like, how do we build the architecture? Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is knowing that maybe keto isn't a long-term strategy that you're going to potentially incorporate as a foundation of that architecture. When do you end up using it a lot? Um, or where do you find, like at what phase do you find it to be very valuable? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So I would say that for my, the people that I work with, it's actually a little bit different than maybe like your average coach who hasn't, you know, 
used keto before or or implemented it in their practice because a lot of the women that I have coming to my program are women who have done keto before or they're actually mm. in this the stage of like I've done keto for so long and it doesn't work anymore. Mm. So we're actually trying to like bring balance back into their life and and try to find like a, a happy medium there. So it's actually kind of a little bit of the opposite. Like I have people who have had success on keto and they're trying to like, you know, become more metabolically flexible, bring carbs back in and figure out how to do that in a way that's sustainable. That's mm -hmm. me. Um, I totally resonate with it. Everything she came back out after Christmas and she was like, I'm going to do a I'm potato eating diet. Potatoes. She's been keto for like for years and years. It, it, and it, I just don't feel well on it anymore. So what you're saying resonates yeah. entirely with me. So Michael's pointing at me because yeah. I went on a potato diet. I, like, <laughs> I want potatoes. But oh yeah. My gosh. yeah, that's really kind of like the, the clients that I work with. And then there's some people, some women who come to me and they aren't even really even interested in keto and you know, maybe that it is something that I find to be helpful from a, like a pulsate again, pulsating perspective. Like, okay, if you're struggling with maybe some blood sugar dysregulation, or you've been really high carb for a long time and you're looking to kind of, um, just try out something different, right? Cause this is a thing that we have to understand too. One of the powers of metabolic flexibility. And one of the reasons why I still like, it's, it's very important to be metabolically flexible. And one of the ways to become more metabolically flexible is kind of pulsating different things like macros, right? Like going through a period of time where maybe you are keto, lower carb, right? Then maybe going through a period of time when you're higher carb or even implementing periods of time where protein is, you know, I, I advocate a, a higher protein approach for most people. But if you've been high protein for a, a very long time, it might make sense to, to dial that back a little bit, right? Because this is also, this goes with anything. Our body is very, very smart and it wants to adapt and it, it adapts to what we're doing over a long period of time. So having more like being able to, um, implement strategically different, you know, avenues to go down in terms of maybe, like I said, with the macros, maybe you're manipulating different macros, right. At different periods of time, but you have a structure and a plan to why you're doing that. It's not just like randomly, oh, I'm going to just bump up my carbs like I haven't done it in a while. So I'm just going to, right. You know, yeah. increase my carbs so much versus having an actual like plan and structure to what you're doing. So you can start to understand and, and track the things to understand like what's actually happening. And if, if this is something that is advantageous or not for you as an individual. So I think that's something, um, I forgot the original question, but I think that's, that's one <laughs> no, of the things that, no, it was exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it, how are you implementing it from, you know, a long term yeah. standpoint? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll say this when you started talking and you're talking about a two year plan, my initial knee jerk was that sounds really daunting. Like if, if I were to sign up with you in like two years, it's easy to become discouraged, but as you described it, it actually makes perfect sense, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you hit a speed bump recalculating, you know, so that makes perfect sense to have that long-term goal. So I see why that's effective. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where like part of the program and part of my group coaching is teaching you all that. So like when you come in, there's a whole, there's like 10, 10 hours of lessons that teach you like, okay, these, this is what periodization is. And these are the different phases that you can implement to your periodization plan to make it like to create one for yourself. And once you start to learn and understand like these different phases, mm -hmm. then you're like, you have a lot of these aha moments where it's like, oh, okay, now I know why I need to spend some time here and why I can't be spending too much time in this phase. Right. right. And so it's, it's very much like an education side of things. So you have to like know what you're like, you have to know the different phases and know where yeah. you want to go and like how 
those all work together and that's part of like understanding and being educated on that and that's kind of what i provide um with that education and then the structure and all of that and then once you know that it's like okay now i can like make this to your plan it makes so much more sense again understanding that there's going to be roadblocks on the way there's no i always tell you know my members like this is not set in stone it's not like this happened and you have to follow this plan it's more so like an overall taking a step back and understanding that this takes time mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's a it's a long-term process and that's even just part of you know things that i've learned over over the years and 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 even with my members like there's a minimum six month commitment to even join my membership because like six months is what I see as like the bare minimum. I used to think it was three months and now that it's even increasing. And if you really want to see like a long-term change committing to a two year period of like really doing it right from the beginning and understanding like that's, it's just so powerful. So yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that. And I mean, it takes so long for these habits to, to form. It is going to take equally long to unform them. You know what I mean? And when it comes to, is some of building these foundations for, for more health optimization. I mean, you're an accomplished athlete yourself, a trainer. And so the, another foot part of, you know, the metabolic flexibility and the nutrition and the intake side of things is the exercise side of things. And so many people are used to kind of exercise just for weight loss. And I'll, I'll speak for myself. I mean, I got a little loose in the cage and around top of the year, um, you know, I've like, I'm exercising pretty regularly and I'm uh-huh. constantly like, Oh, I only dropped like one pound this week. You know, and it's like right. same mindset going on here, but like talk about how to shift that from exercise from a weight loss perspective into like mm-hmm. long-term strategies for muscle growth and retention and health. Absolutely. So that's another, another portion that I've become really passionate about and teaching specifically women about this is, exercising to build muscle, not to lose weight or to burn calories. Right. So a lot of, you know, a lot of us are taught, especially growing up that like we should be doing more cardio or even going to these like orange theory classes and, you know, sweating a lot or Barry's boot camp or even CrossFit, things like that. Not that those things are bad by any means. Um, and if that's what you get excited about and that's the only way that you can work out right and and you don't like going to an average gym or whatever then that's fine but understanding that if your main goal is to change your body composition right which a lot of women their goal is to not just lose weight but also change the shape of their body and have you know that toned look Mm -hmm. that doesn't come down to like that that comes down to having muscle right and in order to build muscle you have to understand the difference again coming back to the different phases and realizing that like always trying to chase fat loss and being a calorie deficit is not going to be advantageous to building muscle um over the long term and so you have to kind of understand these different phases and where you need to be with that in order to optimize that so it's really just kind of taking a step back and realizing that like if you can start to look at your workouts and your training program as a means of building muscle and focusing on that and not going into a workout or a training session as a means of burning as many calories as possible or sweating as much as you can, it completely changes the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And so once you can start to understand that and you start to see the benefits of that and realize that when you're, especially if you are looking to try to lose body fat, right? We want to hold on to as much muscle as possible, right? whatever muscle you have. And and I'm not saying you can't build muscle, you know, while you're losing body fat, that's called body recomposition and people can absolutely do that. Um, but we have to understand that if we're chronically pushing cardio, if we're chronically trying to 
you know, sweat as much as possible and burn as many calories as possible, it's going to be counterproductive to actually changing your body shape and being able to maintain that over the long term. Um, so it just comes down to the education side of things with mm-hmm. that um, and understanding how to implement a smart, structured training program where your focus is to build muscle. And then the body fat loss part should be more geared towards the nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really where we start to find results that that are conducive to what you're looking for from a body composition standpoint. I love this. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like earlier you were talking about with women and stress and you're talking about recovery and now you're talking about targeting to build muscle rather than to lose weight in all of these programs. Are you an advocate of, or do you use wearable devices, things like continuous glucose monitors or HRV monitors or whoop or aura? Do you use those as tools? So I think they can be, so I guess just from a completely honest standpoint for a lot of the, the member, the woman that I work with, and even myself, I think that sometimes we can get caught up in a lot of the data from these devices that starts to add a lot of confusion into the mix. So I'm not saying that like continuous glucose monitors and like whoop bands and things like that can't be helpful. They definitely can. But what I see is that there's all these other things that are like the, the I like to call them the less sexy things, right? Like, are you even, are you tracking your steps? Like, do you have a $10 pedometer that you can put on your wrist uh-huh. that literally just tracks your steps for the day, right? If you're not doing that and you're worried about, you know, the whoop and the HRV and all that stuff, right. like we're missing stuff there, mm-hmm. right? Are you tracking your protein? Are you paying attention to how much you're sleeping at night? Like just the general things that people tend to just kind of gloss over because it seems so simple right it seems like these things are just like like people know this right but it's it's really not right (laughs) people don't pay attention to the the less sexy things which are the things that actually will get you the most results if you start to get consistent with those and so the wearable devices the continuous glucose monitors i think they can absolutely give you some insights and some data but you know i think that a lot of people these days are focusing too much on that data and they're getting confused And they're not understanding the simple things that can actually get them to where they want to go Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, over the long term. Um, And then using these these other things, these gadgets as maybe just an extra, right, an extra thing um, that can help once you have all those other things kind of dialed in, if that makes sense. Or even just checking in, like, how do you feel today? (laughs) Or do you feel (laughs) rested? (laughs) Right. Do you feel rested? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, according to my whoop. (laughs) Well, and and it's so true. Like the number of times we've caught people not knowing how much protein that they're actually getting on a regular Mm. basis, but just a simple food tracker. It's like, Oh, I'm getting plenty of protein. It's like, I got 20 grams yesterday. It's like, it's not, (laughs) Not we need, we need more of that. But a question around building muscle too. Um, Carbohydrates, like, you know, there's this idea that carbohydrates are essentially necessary to stimulate anabolic muscle growth. What, how have you seen that be effective or not in, in your own working with individuals? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So we know, you know, carbohydrates are absolutely not like essential to building muscle and, and life and things like that. But just because they're not essential doesn't mean they can't be beneficial. Um, especially when we're talking about a woman who is maybe training really hard, you know, three to four times a week, their goal is optimal recovery. And maybe they, they aren't necessarily overweight or obese, or they don't have blood, 
blood sugar dysregulation or any underlying diseases or things like that, I think um, carbs can be a tool and they can be a very beneficial tool. And I've just, I've seen it myself and, and in my practice, um, when we start to use them strategically and understand how, how they can be beneficial from an energy standpoint, from a recovery standpoint, um, and realizing that like having, especially for focusing on like whole food carbs, right? Mm-hmm, like right. sweet potatoes right. and doesn't have to be sweet potatoes, but potatoes and right. fruit and you know, veggies and things like that, like they aren't the devil. (laughs) Um, And so realizing that, yeah, (laughs) Um, realizing that and like, again, these are a lot of the women I work with, they've been keto for a long time and they're, they're just, and this was me, right? Just afraid to, or just don't know how to bring carbs back in. Um, That is something that, I mean, that's, I have a whole program. It's called the Keto for Women program, which is like a three month program that literally shows you step-by-step how to do that, how to become more metabolically flexible in that sense. Um, So that's obviously something from an education standpoint, learning how to do that and why and and all of that. Um, But I think carbs are, they shouldn't be demonized, especially for women when we have um, body composition goals. And when we are, especially women who are on the leaner side or, you know, just trying to, um, you know, optimize what they're doing. So there's, Definitely different routes I could on. So if you have any other like specific questions with, you know, how do I use carbs pre-workout or post-workout mm-hmm. or anything like that, I can definitely go down those routes, but let me know. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to just keep talking and blabbering. <laughs> no, it's all good stuff. And no, I think- I'm like taking notes over here, Rachel. Mainly <laughs> to say, told you, Michael, I told you. <laughs> I'm just asking for a friend. I mean, so basically putting on, like, what is a good strategy for if you are, you know, you're used to being keto and you're trying to put on more muscle and it seems like you're hitting a plateau. Like what are some of your, and, and especially people who are, are lean and have a hard time putting on muscle, like how do people get past that, that part of it? Absolutely. So I think the first thing is just realizing like where you're at, right? Like, what are you doing? Are you even tracking your food? Do you know how much you're consuming from an overall calorie standpoint? Because that's like the first thing, if you're not eating enough food, right? If you're not eating enough calories and fueling yourself appropriate, just from that standpoint, like don't even think about the macros, (laughs) obviously macros are important, but like, if you're not getting enough food in general and you're already on the leaner side, like that in itself is a stress on your body. And you're, you're not, especially if you've been doing it chronically, mm-hmm. you, your body is very smart, right? It's not going to prioritize building muscle. It's going to prioritize surviving. Right. Sure. Um, and so that's the first step, like just make sure you're eating enough food and then obviously getting down to some of the, the macros and things like that. I think the next step would just make sure you eating enough protein. Right. So if you are on the leaner side, um, or you don't have a ton of weight to lose a, an easy way is just like one gram per pound. Right. Um, I like to say one gram per pound of body weight per day is a good marker to shoot for. If you are like may, maybe say like 40 pounds overweight, for example, um, I like to use that as kind of a threshold Then maybe you go down to like 0.8 grams per pound, mm-hmm. um, of body weight, or maybe you target your goal body weight in, in grams per protein per day. Um, so that's, you know, something to, to just focus on with that. And then when it comes to carbohydrates, using those, you know, as a, a tool, right. And specifically if you've been kind of, if you've gotten away from carbs, you've been doing keto for a while, slowly introducing them back in and doing it, you know, the first way that I would say is doing it around your workouts, right? So we know that when we consume carbs, like when we're working out, when we're stimulating our muscles and all of that, um, it is, 
one of the best times to incorporate carbs because our, we become more insulin sensitive just from working out, just from moving our body. So in, implanting cards, carbs pre and post-workout can be a great place to start. Um, so that's one thing. And then the biggest thing, the, one of the other biggest things is just making sure that you are following a training program that is conducive to what you're trying to do. So if your main goal is to build muscle and you are constantly going to Orange Theory and Barry's Boot Camp and all these kind of hit style classes where I like to call them cardio with weights, really. Mm -hmm. um, and you're not focusing on actually progressively overloading over time, which is pretty impossible to do in these classes because a lot of the the weights and the things like that, you're, you're just lifting weights in the sense of getting your heart rate up and things like that. You're not actually lifting weights to build muscle. That is a huge piece of it. And that's where I see like a huge block happening. Um, like when members come into my program and they, they stop doing the, the orange theory and, and all that stuff. And they start following the structured training program that we have where they're lifting three to four days a week and not doing jumping jacks and burpees and stuff in between, like when they're during their rest periods, but they're actually resting during yeah, their rest yeah. periods um, so that they can lift more weight in the next set, et cetera, et cetera that is where like the magic starts to happen. So I think just understanding you need to be eating enough. Um, you need to be paying attention to protein carbs and making sure obviously you're getting enough healthy fats and things like that. Following a structured training program where you're lift, when you're working out to build muscle, not to burn calories or to sweat. Um, and then also again, recovery, like making sure that you're recovering between your workouts and paying attention to the stress management, the sleep, the recovery, you know, that whole side of things is so, so important, especially for women um, who have been chronically overworking and, you know, fatiguing themselves and just not taking a step back and realizing that if you are not recovering, if you're not paying attention to that, you're literally just doing all of this work and you're not getting the reward out of it. Yeah. Right. So the last thing I'll say here is that there's, and I was in this for myself for a long time. I was working very, very hard, like working my butt off, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. Doing all the things right. And I was not getting the results because I was overdoing it. I was mm. not paying attention to taking the days off to just going outside and walking in the sun and listening to a podcast and just relaxing and coming into that parasympathetic mode. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully that, that made, made sense. perfect <laughs> sense to me. Oh yeah. Th that made perfect sense. I love that. <clears throat> Another thing I was, I mean, that came to my mind too, is like, you know, the orange theory and all those sort of classes, like that is so commonplace. Right. It's almost like I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but for women, like it's almost counterintuitive to be like, stop doing all that aerobic stuff. And let me actually teach you how to build muscle. Like, is that mm -hmm. a, a challenge sometimes to say like, okay, you need to lift weights. <laughs> you know, how do you right. have that conversation? Right. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it is, it's, it's a conversation that I've had to have, have a lot. And I had it with myself <laughs> years ago too. Um, but I think that once you like it, that's why it, it just takes a little bit of trust in the process. And like, if you understand why, like if I can explain to you why you're not getting the results with these classes that you've been doing, or even just like, for yourself, you, you've been doing these classes for six months and your diet has been on point and you're not seeing any changes that tells us something, mm -hmm. right? right? It's not working right. <laughs> or maybe it worked in the beginning, mm -hmm. right? It worked in the beginning, but stopped, it stopped working. Right. Um, and so this is just, again, it's the understanding of like those types of classes. They're not, again, they're not bad. And for a lot of people, they are, 
they enjoy them, right? And, you know, that's totally fine. But if you're really, if you've hit a plateau, if you're really looking to change your body composition and you don't know where to go from here, then one of the the best things that you can do is take a step back from that. And maybe like, even for some of my clients, I'd say, you know, you can still go to orange theory, but like, let's have that be one day per week that you go to your orange theory or your CrossFit or whatever. And let's look at that as your cardio day, right? Mm. Because again, it's cardio with weights. It's mm-hmm. not your strength training day. Um, and again, I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying you can't build right. some muscle uh-huh. in those classes. You sure. absolutely can, especially if you're a beginner and you're just getting into working out. Absolutely. But it comes to a point where like you're going to stop seeing results there and you're going to be overworking yourself um, and doing a lot more work than you need to. Um, so it is a conversation that I think just from an education standpoint, understanding all of these things, understanding that you need to send the right signal to your body if you're looking to build muscle. And that signal is going to come from progressively overloading following a structured plan, um, resting between your sets, um, being able to get to muscular failure, which is very important to build muscle um, and not cardiovascular failure. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the last thing I'll say here is that a lot of those classes, you are, uh, your cardiovascular system is what's failing first, right? You're doing all these burpees plus whatever in between and your heart rate's really, really high. And so that is the limiting factor. It's not your actual muscle tissue and the tension that you're putting on your muscle tissue being the limiting factor. So you're not even able to get there mm. to be able to stimulate the, you know, the muscle fibers to say, oh man, I'm, I, I need to grow now because I need to adapt for the next time that I go under, that you put me under this load, right? right. You're not even able to get to that point because your cardiovascular system is what's failing first before that. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So, thanks for laying that. That was right. Great. That, that was, was great. That was great. And I will say, when we first <laughs> met you, Rachel, Michael, and I, after we talked to you, were like, "She's wicked smart." But what's clear <laughs> is that in the years that have happened since, there's layers and layers of wisdom and, and trials. She's and gotten wicked smarter. She's is what got you're wicked saying. smarter and <laughs> and like in, incredibly wise. So I think the question is, your first book became like an international bestseller. Are you going to put all of this wisdom into another book? Because people are clamoring. <laughs> Where is it? Oh man, I mean, I just. Maybe one day. Um, there's just so many other things that I like want to do. And with, you know, working with clients and coaching, I, I've, you know, I'm really, really passionate about coaching. And so that is something that, yes, I could probably put my structure and my methodologies and systems and all that into a book. But I feel like I'd rather spend my time working more yeah. with like real people and yeah. Yeah. changing lives from that perspective because that's what really gives me like energy and, and that's what I'm really passionate about. So who knows? Maybe one day, but. Soon. We'll Stay see. tuned. Make sure to keep it in, in sympathetic, parasympathetic balance, too. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. well, keep going exactly. too much. Well, obviously, we're going to encourage everyone listening to check out MetflexLife.com and Rachel's amazing podcast, Metflex and Chill. Yeah. But before we let you go, Rachel, we do have one last question that we actually skipped last time when we spoke to you, but we're going to go there this time. We felt really bad about we it. We did. We have this question called the fireball, which is basically a follow-up question to nothing. And it's ridiculous it off the wall question. nothing to do with anything. Yeah, and we forgot. We didn't ask it. And so, theoretically, I should ask you two, but I'm just going to ask you one. <laughs> um, the question is that just came to mind. What was your favorite childhood movie growing up? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So childhood as in like what age? Oh, yeah. that's, that, that, you just fireball. Uh, I would say between five and like 10, like that sort of range. Okay. Because I do have one that's from like 10 to like 15. The okay. one that you obsessively watched still. over and over and over and probably still watch it, but don't tell people. <laughs> okay. So 
I'm just going to say it. This is the first one that comes to mind. The movie Love and Basketball. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. random. So that it's very random, right? right. I, I grew up playing basketball. It's like I I absolutely love it. It's like my first kind of passion when it comes to sports. And yeah. that was just one of my favorite movies. I had it like on three different DVDs. I don't know why. I love it. Um, okay. But... Yeah, I don't In case know. The that first two break, of course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Rachel, obviously, it was amazing to reconnect with you, and we're going to stay in touch. We always keep in touch on social Absolutely. media, anyway. But thanks so much for agreeing to come back on, and everyone, check out MetflexLife.com and Metflex and Chill. And until next time, Rachel. Thank you so much. I mean, so I could have gone on for probably another hour asking her questions that are were really just questions that I wanted to know from my own personal training fitness person. I wanted her to be my coach during that I've, interview, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. I've accused you of this several times in the past, that you have really just co-hosted this podcast to get parenting advice, to get personal workout However, advice. However, I'm not the only one because there have been times more recently, right, yeah. whether it was Esther Blum. Oh, good point. Okay. Or various other people where you have taken the reins. All right, that's a fair point. So, so maybe okay, we what need we're to realizing is this is <laughs> We're narcissists. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's, the comments have told us that we're narcissists. We're like, why are you guys laughing at your own jokes all the time? No one cares. You're using this platform for your own edification and guilty listen that's that's fair but the other piece of this is within that there's a lot of amazing clinical information that rachel just threw out at us so i think True. everyone can take something from that well episode. we are people yeah and if we're going through things and so you have to assume that maybe if we have similar questions then uh, or if we have questions then other right. people might have similar questions a thousand percent and and just to show like truly what? i truly am a narcissist because when she yeah. said love and basketball i uh -huh. was like how about the movie Hoosiers? <laughs> let I'm the woman have a let the woman have a favorite movie, Michael. <laughs> it's not all about you. What's wrong with me? Next time on the Lab Before, Patty, did you know that you can get your nutritional levels assessed at home? Oh, I actually did know that. You can actually find out whether you're deficient in certain oh, nutrients. What supplements should I take? I know. What am I missing? We'll talk about it. Okay. You've been listening to the Lab Report. If you like what you hear please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Michael, you've been keeping up with the uh, podcast email? Of course. Did you read It rings my phone every time I yes. get one. Yes. Did yeah. you did you read the most recent one from our friend from in Orla? Ireland? From Orla? Uh, from yeah, our friend in Ireland. Yeah, totally. I was, love Ireland. I want to go. We do too. So Orla, we're coming to visit. <laughs>